0: your eyes, I want to think, you to think of a situation now that needs that statement on it, great are you Lord, because God is greater than anything, any situation that you might find yourself in, any situation that you might find a friend in, a neighbour, a work colleague, a family member. He wants to pour His healing power, His restoration into that situation. And so we need to speak over that situation. Great are You, Lord. Great are You, Lord. Great are You, Lord. And just let it well up in with You, the greatness of God, because He knows what's going on better than anybody else. He knows everything about that situation. And He is the great healer. The great restorers we've sung in that song. He is greater than all. So we thank you, Lord, that you are greater than all. You are the greatest. And Father, we thank you for your putting your hand into those situations that we've thought about. Father, as we think about them, Lord, I pray that you help us not to think about the, all the intricacies of it and all the difficulties of it, but we can actually speak greater, you Lord, into those situations. Each time we think about it during this week, we'll remember to think, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in that situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. All power, all honour, all glory to you, Lord. My pleasure to um, welcome our speaker up for this morning, Um, and I want you to encourage him as he comes up in a minute. Um, uh, Jason is going to be speaking. Jason and Catherine have been at church since we've been in this building, I think, pretty much, and um, a little bit before, perhaps. I remember having a—it was here. I remember having a um, ladies' dinner one time that Catherine came to just before we came in the building, but. So your kids have grown up in the church, in this church really, but before that they were in other churches and shifted up to the hills and did a bit of a shift. But um, we've actually, um, Bruce, Pastor Bruce has actually had a pulpit training group over the last couple of years and quite a few people have come to that and we've seen a few different people. And so this morning it's a great pleasure to invite Jason up into the pulpit and to share a word with us. So why don't you give him a hand and welcome him and encourage him. <laughs>
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and a special welcome to everybody joining us online as well. This morning I've titled my message, The Heart of God. The heart of God is for you and for me. The heart of God is for the Jew and the Gentile. That is to say, the heart of God is for you no matter the colour of your skin. The heart of God is for the wise and the foolish, the scholar and the uneducated. The heart of God is for those who love him and even for those who reject him. The heart of God is for the free and the oppressed. The heart of God is for the healthy and the sick. The heart of God is for the humble and even for the arrogant. The heart of God is for those who come first and for those who come last. The heart of God is for each of us equally, no matter where we are today. In Romans chapter 10, verses 20 to 21, Paul writes, and Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. And concerning Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. The heart of God is even for those who do not seek him, and the heart of God is even for a disobedient and obstinate people. In Romans chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, Paul writes, I'm obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Why does Paul say he's obligated? He says, I'm obligated both to Greeks and non Greeks. Paul has understood, I believe it's because Paul has understood the heart of God. The heart of God yearns to have a personal relationship with all people. Paul has not just understood, but his heart also aches to have a connection with the people of Rome. In Romans chapter one verses nine to thirteen, Paul writes, "God, whom I serve in my spirit, is preaching the gospel of His Son. In, sorry, in preaching the gospel of His Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you." In my prayers, at all times, and I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now. In order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. Paul had tried on numerous occasions to visit the church in Rome, and he kept on trying because he'd understood the heart of God. In fact, God had given him a revelation of his love for each and every person on the face of the planet, and now Paul wanted to visit Rome to bring others to know Christ and to strengthen the church in Rome. God doesn't just want to have a personal relationship with you, but he wants the best for you too. Our God is also referred to as our Father in heaven. And for those who perhaps haven't experienced a good earthly father, it may, seem, may not seem like a good analogy. But for those of us who have experienced the love of a parent, and even more so when you have loved a child, you will know how your heart desires to give your children the best. And as earthly parents, it may always not be the best analogy because God's love is perfect, but it's the analogies that I'll give today. My heart has been been wrenched to the point of tears quite a number of times in the lead-up to our son's wedding. There's probably quite a few people who've had tough weddings this year because of COVID-19 and even people who've put them off. And so it's very, very difficult when you're trying to organise that. And is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And in Mitchell and Michaela's case, her mother was not actually able to come because she lives in Victoria. She couldn't get approval to come. And my heart broke for them. And even on the wedding day and the lead up to the wedding, things would go wrong. And in fact, as Julie knows too, the day beforehand, um, and I could give you all sorts of things that went wrong, but just as one little thing the day before, in less than 24 hours beforehand, because of the weather, the harpist cancelled on us. So the only person who was doing any music and singing cancelled because the weather was too cold for the harp, it would damage the harp. But no matter what we went through on that day to make it a good day and no matter how hard that might have been for for me and for others, my heart rejoiced that both Mitchell and Michaela experienced a wonderful day. It didn't matter what went on beforehand, what we went through, but the fact that they had a great day for the bride and groom from start to finish, was all that mattered. Our Father in Heaven seeks to use everything for your good. In another wedding story, my brother Shane was married some time ago and now has three beautiful daughters and his lovely wife Gemma. But their wedding didn't go to plan either. (laughs) Some of you know the story and I'm not going to give you the whole thing today because I'd use up my whole time. But just to give you a couple of things, on the day, the bridesmaid's dresses at the time that the wedding was supposed to start were still not even finished. In fact, I think only the bride's dress had just been finished, just before the the start time. And um, as a result of them wanting to delay and delay until the bridesmaid's dresses were finished, the whole day got stretched out quite considerably in fact at one stage because my brother was getting so upset I actually drove him away um, because he just couldn't handle all the people there all trying to be nice and my father thought that was all over that's it he wasn't coming back so he went and had a sleep in the car no one could find him it was his way of coping with the stress and, you know, it was actually the words of God from the Bible that actually brought that wedding together at the end. My, my brother asked me to go in and speak to his bride. And the verse from the Bible about the two leaving their parents and becoming one was actually what helped Gemma get across the line to say, okay, with, even without all the dresses finished, we're going to get married. So about some four and a half hours after the the ceremony was supposed to start, um, they got married. One bridesmaid's dress was finished. One was pinned into her dress, literally just pins everywhere. And her sister squeezed into some other dress (laughs) Uh, that wasn't anything like the other bridesmaid's dresses, but nonetheless, it went ahead. And, you know... There were some things that actually, and I won't go into them, but there were some things that actually happened throughout that process, some things that actually had to break for them to realise what they needed to do to have a successful marriage. And so God used that day in an absolutely miraculous way. Maybe another time we'll get to share that. But he used that In a miraculous way. And now he's a pastor in a church in uh, in Perth. And I said, beautiful wife, three beautiful daughters. They couldn't have a greater marriage. In Romans 8, verses 28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Our Father in heaven's love is perfect, even when our earthly fathers are imperfect. Just to give you a couple little more stories today, when I was uh, an exchange student many years ago, um, I was placed with a very loving family, they were just a middle class family Um, and they treated me just like a son and I, I couldn't have had a better experience throughout the year but my mother, my host mother didn't just treat me as you know a welcome guest in the house she treated me just like a son she gave me an allowance just like she gave all of her other children she didn't have to do that there was no requirement to do that and I found out actually towards the end of my year that my host father had actually paid for me to go to the most prestigious private school in the country with his boys and it was very expensive and they were middle class they were not wealthy so it was a huge sacrifice for him to do so And I tell you that just to tell you how I appreciated so much how I was treated like a son in that family. They're still my mama and papa to this day. Um, And again, I can tell you so many more stories about how that family is still my family today. But I tell you that in the lead-up to this story. So when we had the opportunity to have um, an exchange student come and stay with us, Uh, And, in fact, it was right back when we started coming to this church, just before we started, and she was here, so a few of you would have met her. Her name was Judah, and she came from Costa Rica. And so to us, this was about bringing her into our family and making her our daughter, even though she was only going to be with us for a year. And so we worked hard to help her to understand that we were her Australian mum and dad and that we would do anything for her. And um, to, uh, just to give a little bit of background to she'd come out, so she had lived with her mother and her sister for uh, for, for a whole life, of course, but her father had left when she was uh, just very young, I think about five or six years old, he'd actually left. And she'd had virtually nothing to do with her father but he had actually paid for the exchange, so he'd paid for her to come. But in doing so, I'm not sure that she'd had maybe even more than a phone call to him prior to coming to Australia. So that was her, that was her relationship with a father. That's what she understood to be a relationship with her father. And uh, about four or five months into the exchange... Um, Uh, Judah went to answer the phone one day and was actually. I heard her speaking in Spanish and I thought, oh, it must be a relative or something. And it was her aunt. And she brought the phone in to me and she said, oh, it's my aunt. And I said, oh, that's great, you know, have a conversation, it's all good. And she said, oh no, she wants to speak to you. And I thought, oh, oh no, what have I done? (laughs) And her aunt um, had wanted to ring me. Bear in mind, back then, Phone calls were very expensive. They weren't really cheap like they are today. And so I got on the phone and she wanted to tell me how I had been the first real father figure in her life. And it wasn't just... I mean, it's a great feeling for me and I was so pleased to have been able to do that. But what it led to was that when she returned she longed for that relationship with her, with her earthly father, with her biological father. And so a father which she'd, had no, she'd wanted to have nothing to do with him and he seemingly had wanted nothing to do with her, she sought him out. And she started meeting with him on a regular basis. And when her sister found out, she was just horrified. How could she let this person into their lives? And she encouraged her sister to come and meet with him. And she did so. And now both of them have a wonderful relationship with their biological father. Job 42 verse 10b says, The Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Our father in heaven gave Judah two earthly fathers. Mia's her Australian dad. And much more importantly, he gave her her biological father back. Twice as much as before. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Paul in Romans 9, verse 24 to 26 writes, even us whom he also called not only from the jews but also from the gent sorry even us whom he also called not only from the jews but also from the gentiles and he says in hosea i will call them my people who are not my people i will call her my loved one who is not my loved one and in the very place where it was said to them you are not my people there they will be called children of the living god For me, these verses speak of adoption into God's family. I also have an adopted sister, and even though she doesn't look like me, in fact, she's of Korean origin, and when you grow up in the Brosser Valley or in the Adelaide Hills, particularly back then, you were very, very different. And so she looks very different to everyone in our family. Yet despite that, she's my sister. My mum and dad love her just as much as they love each one of their biological children. I love her just as much as I love my other sister and my brothers. She will inherit an equal share when my parents pass away. She is completely and utterly part of our family. And our Father in heaven wants to adopt you as his child. The love I felt for each one of my children when I held them for the first time is indescribable. And I love them just as much today. My heart breaks when their heart breaks. My heart rejoices when they rejoice. I'm so proud when they achieve something and I feel an even greater love, a heartbreaking love for them when they don't succeed. As a father, my three sons are awesome. But God has placed in each one of us the capacity for so much more love. I love my adopted sister, my exchange student daughters, and I love my new daughter-in-law so much. Yet how much greater is the love of our Father in heaven? For those sitting here and for those listening online who don't know the love of our Father in heaven... It is indescribably greater than any love you have ever experienced before. In fact, my examples pale into insignificance. In John 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In just a few moments, Pastor Julie is going to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. So that you can know the overwhelming love of our Father in heaven. For everyone else, for those who already know his love, in John 4, verse 7 and 8 it says, Beloved, let us one another, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. For those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, may I encourage you today that if God dwells within you and God is love, that you have endless love to give. You may not always feel that way, but it is true. I pray today that like Paul, you will receive a revelation of the love of God for others. A love that seeks to draw each and every one of us to him. And I pray you will be challenged to reach out and share that boundless love of our Father in heaven, bringing the message of the gospel to others, exalting each other and encouraging each other to grow in our faith. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Jason. Jason shared from his heart, a heart that is um, filled with love, filled with love from his heavenly father. He's experienced that. You might not have experienced that, as he said, from an earthly father or from our heavenly father, but it's open for you. God loves you, he wants, wants you to be part of his family. What a great message. Thank you, Jason. You've just really opened up so much. You've actually given the order call already. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what else can I say? <laughs> but let's reiterate some of the things. you know, God's heart is for you. each one of you. Just close your eyes and think about what that means for you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And you might not have experienced anyone wanting that best for you before, but he does. Jason's heart for his kids, his heart is for you. He shared of his heart today. Sharing that that God's love is for you. His heart is for you. That God's love is indescribably greater than anything you've ever experienced before. Any love that you've experienced. That's really hard to fathom. Don't think about it. Just open your heart to Him. him have his way in your heart. Let him reach through some of the, you might have put walls up, some of the cracks that are starting to break, because he can break those down. He can open you up to receiving from him. So if that's the first time that you've ever opened your heart to him and said, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my heart the first time you've ever done that would you like to raise your hand just so I can see if you put walls up and you're feeling the love of God afresh might be for the you know second or third time it might be for the millionth time because we all put walls up at different times and we all think we can do it ourselves and we can go our own way and do our own thing but God wants us to let Him guide us and lead us if that's you just feeling a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, a of, of God's love for you, why don't you just raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Father, I pray for each person here. I thank you that you love each one of us. You don't think of us, any of us, better than any other. But you love us each one and you pour You have so much love that you just you pour it out into us. Father, we want to be receptacles of your love today. We want to receive it afresh. There might be a fresh way that you t- receive that love today. A fresh way so that you can experience God's love in a new way. But you can also give it in a new way you can share it with other people that you uh, work with, live with, meet with during the week. So Lord, I pray a blessing upon each person. Father, we go out of here just totally filled with your love and filled to caring and sharing what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us through our lives as we give them to you as we open ourselves to you, to have your way. Blessing upon each person, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.